Hello, and welcome to Identity and Beauty, a podcast exploring our relationships with people, objects and experiences which form our ever-changing personal identities. I'm Ruby Jones, a mother, wife and makeup artist based in Nottingham in the UK, and this is my podcast. Welcome back. This month I chatted to Anna Dunleavy. Anna is a lady of many talents. She is an incredible wedding and personal branding photographer, the host of the Fearless Hustle Collective podcast, founder of the Fearless Members Club and runs monthly meetups through her Fearless Hustle Collective Facebook group. She is an all-round good egg and has been a great friend and support since we met at a wedding last year. For a change, we tried not to talk about work, but instead about adolescence and how moving to a foreign country at a young age helped shape her identity, the pressures put on us through photo editing, and the importance of documenting your life through images. I hope you enjoy it. Hello, thank you for joining me. Hello, thank you so much for having me. Um, So for listeners who don't know who you are, would you like to introduce yourself? Sure. Actually, I've just posted about this on Instagram because I was struggling to keep it nice and concise, so I'll do my best. <laughs> so I'm uh, Anna. I am predominantly a wedding photographer, and that's kind of how my um, uh, it started as a side hustle and then progressed into my full-time business. And I also um, create, I have a community for um, female entrepreneurs, I guess. We'll keep it nice and short. Yeah, yeah, you could go all day. But we we met when we, you were doing your photography, didn't you? And I have been obviously part of your uh, membership, which has been amazing as well. I have to say. So yeah, it's yeah. Been, uh, thank you. Fab. Yeah, I was thinking about it because we met just over a year ago, actually. But it feels like a lot longer I because know. I feel like we've, yeah, we've seen a lot of each other over the last few months at the meetups and stuff. So yeah, it's been really nice to yeah to. Yeah get to know each other (laughs) so when I first met you I had no idea and you don't you don't talk about it a lot um well you don't I've never really noticed you talk about it to be honest that you were born in Poland um and I have obviously we've spoken about this before about you moving um to England at a sort of like you adolescents weren't you really so difficult age was it 14 is that right 13 yeah yeah um obviously it's quite a big thing to do to um move country (laughs) at that age um and this podcast is all about identity I guess and that is a big part I would say of probably your identity how how did that impact you if at all moving at that age yeah so I will explain a little bit about kind of how it happened yes yeah so my my dad was um working here in England already um at the time of when we moved and I actually came to visit him for the summer holidays with my brother uh we kind of came over soon after finished in Poland and only meant to be a summer visit I was always meant to be going back to school yeah uh, in Poland and my mum all of a sudden started kind of hinting at or oh, maybe maybe we should all move and um yeah and all of a sudden I found myself being told that actually 
you're not going back. You are going to stay here. We are all moving here as a family and you're going to school in England. Oh my gosh, you didn't even go back home? No, I didn't even get a chance to say goodbye to my friends. It was like, it was such a tough, tough time. And so because obviously none of it was kind of really planned and very much kind of happened maybe probably just throughout August maybe it was kind of a very quick decision and then things just started happening around me I guess um and then so so yeah so it wasn't planned I didn't have a school place so I actually ended up going to school in October I think because um, my parents had to apply officially. Um, there was a pe- an appeal because they, they they selected a school that they really wanted me to go to. Um, so they had to go through all of that. So, you know, it's probably October before I went to school. Um, and yeah, and, and I didn't, I'll add that I didn't speak English at the time. And I probably knew the very basics. Um, we were taught English um, in Poland, but obviously it would have been like, you know, hello, how are you? And yeah. Um, how much are these apples? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, not something you really say on like your first day of school. <laughs> no, exactly. I remember actually, it must have been one of my first days and the teacher was saying, oh, one of the girls will come over and tell you what the timetable is. And I couldn't understand what the hell she was trying to tell me. I knew what time was and I knew what table was, but timetable, I was like, just looking at her completely blank because I had no idea what she was trying to tell me and it so yeah it was a really difficult time and it definitely shaped me as a person and and definitely had an impact on my identity uh for sure and I think I felt very lost for quite some time yeah. because you, you've been essentially plucked out of you know a solid friendship group yeah uh, and and you know, the country and the language and everything else that you know, and then just put in a completely different environment. So yeah, it was um, an interesting few months for sure. Yeah. I just think it's incredible because I literally, when I, well, I had no idea, like you, you would think that if you had moved to a country at that age, maybe if you were younger, you would, you wouldn't, you would have an accent, but uh, you you lit you speak such um, you know amazing fluent English. We it's like well you are English basically, but you just wouldn't <laughs> know your language is incredible. Like I am in awe of you almost that you've managed to go from speaking no English at all to basically sounding like you've lived here all your life. <laughs> yeah, I think the fact that I was just literally thrown in the deep end definitely yeah. helped in the sense that. I had no choice but to learn but I have to say actually it was really good because they so I was one of the very first um kids that they had at the school who didn't speak English I think that's a lot more common in schools now Mm -hmm. um and so they made a huge effort to help me and even remember having like one-on-one lessons with this lady that would come in and she would like help me with reading and stuff and obviously that definitely helped so yeah, I think that's so... brilliant that the school did that. I don't, I've never heard of that before. I think, no. yeah, really lucky. I think I got very, yeah, very lucky, definitely, because, and also somewhere through that year, they realised that because it was, so I started in year nine, so that's right before you start selecting your GCSEs and you go to year 10. Yeah. Um, and so they, 
allowed me that time away from learning French because that would have been another language to learn from you know, <laughs> not even having the basis of being English to be able to then learn French from that. It just, yeah, it made absolutely no sense. Yeah. So um, I had that hour free and I think they bought me like a CD that I could go through learning English like on the computer and that was what I did instead of French. But they also let me um, um, not do history um, oh, okay. because I found it, yeah, I found it so confusing. And because I was never intending on taking it as a GCSE, yeah. uh, that was my time then to have the one-on-one with someone else. So I was incredibly lucky that they really kind of dedicated that time to help me out. Um, so, yeah. So, yeah, but big changes. And at such a young age, I think, and obviously being 13, there is so much that goes on. You know, you get your first periods around that time. Yeah. You know, first loves. Obviously, that's kind of this hugely important time in in anyone's life um so yeah it, it was it was definitely um it's difficult but yeah. I don't regret it um and I'm very much kind of settled here and I wouldn't ever see myself moving back so no it it, it worked out for the best but it, it was definitely quite an intense um time for me and obviously you said that you you wouldn't you don't think about moving back or anything like that but you are obviously married now and you have a son is it something that you talk to him about a lot and is it something that plays a big part of in your family now your heritage or is it or have it does it not basically Mm. it's an interesting one I think it probably doesn't more than it does, if that makes sense. So um, I think I quickly kind of adapted the English way of life because I had, I ended up obviously having some English friends and, uh, and then going to uni and then meeting Adam. And obviously, so we've been kind of together since that. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I wouldn't say it kind of is a big part of my life anymore. Um which I think might be surprising to some, but I think I've just kind of really embraced um, kind of this way of life. Yeah. Um, and yeah, yeah, and I'm quite, yeah, we still, I mean, we still go and do things like Christmas Eve with my mum, which is the main day for Christmas. It's not Christmas Day, but Christmas Eve, that's when we celebrate. Um, and that's actually very handy because it means that we don't have to split <laughs> Christmas Day up <laughs> between yeah. in-laws. Yeah, so yeah, I'd still do things like that. Um, but yeah, as a as a whole, I would say I feel very settled here. So yeah. I think that's so nice that you do sort of feel, you know, comfortable with how things have moved on since then and how you have, have changed and adapted to, like you say, an English way of life. It sounds It sounds really silly saying that, but I bet there are some big differences in the way that, um, especially like education system if you went finished school in what would have been like June July or something and then you come to England and it's completely different like I mean I don't know because I've never been to school in Poland but I can imagine that it is a big difference um, but how how sort of how did that affect did that affect the way that you were learning because obviously you were had to obviously speak another language as well which would have 
been difficult but were there some sort of major key differences in the way that um, people are schooled and educated? Yeah so I think one of the main differences that comes to mind is actually the the timetable. <laughs> um, so the, the, <laughs> I know what that means now. Yeah. Um, the 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 way it's set up so you obviously go to school it's usually at nine finish at three something around those kind of um around that time it's very different so um you get a timetable um which varies each day so you'll have maybe three lessons one day and then six or seven the next day so you would have a very different schedule but that also means you have to be very independent from quite a young age in the sense that Obviously, you have to get to class on time and all the all of that kind of stuff. But also, um, parents obviously have to work during the day, so they can't necessarily take you over to school. Um, and I was quite lucky again because I lived relatively close to to my school, so I always walked in. Um, but yeah, so I think that one of those things, and and sometimes, like I say, you wouldn't finish till you know maybe five pm, um, which is quite a long day. So. Yeah, so in, in that sense, and then how else? I mean, as a whole, as you, um, yeah, the kind of that high school age, you, you still have subjects and stuff, and you do geography and history and all of that kind of stuff, and you do a language. And so in that sense, it's not that different. Um, but I guess it's just the way it's approached is, is a little bit different. And I also um, went to a Catholic school here. Uh, which I didn't do. Oh, another thing I just realised. Um, uniform, that is not a thing in ah, Poland. Ah, okay. So that was a big thing to get used to. And actually coming into that identity thing is like, oh my God, I have to wear a skirt and a tie. And it was just like, wow, who am I? Because you couldn't obviously express yourself with clothes. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that was an interesting uh, thing to get used to actually. Do you think that that's an advantage or a disadvantage having to wear a uniform? Do you think it puts everybody on an even playing field or do you think it is sort of stamping out identity? Mm, interesting question. I think I think for the most part it's, it is an even playing field and you know you don't have to worry about what you're wearing the next day and I think that is a massive thing. Um, you know kind of a big benefit of that I think Um, it's hard to say I would say yeah I I got used to it very quickly and I think it it, you know it it's probably better in the sense that you are sometimes judged by you know how you dress and obviously if your parents aren't necessarily wealthy then you're not gonna have the latest trainers and whatever else Uh, And so I think in Poland, that was a thing where potentially, you know, you could tell if, you know, parents had money or they didn't because of the way you dressed. So it's definitely an advantage in that sense. Yeah, I think even though even though you you do have a uniform, I mean, obviously, I had a uniform the whole time I've been at school since primary school. And I think even when you do, there are still ways to express your identity through it you know like there you might have to wear black shoes but you don't have to wear a specific pair of black shoes yeah. do you know what I mean there's still you know there's still ways of going through it it's quite interesting the whole uniform thing because actually I went to look around some schools um for my little boy to go in next September 
And out of the three that I looked around, the one school where they were wearing shirts and ties was my favourite because I said, the the children's store looks so smart. And I know that shouldn't be a thing, but I don't know. I just was really drawn to the fact that all the children looked really smart and, um, yeah, weird. Don't know whether I should admit that. And it also, yeah, but also I guess it takes away from oh what's that t-shirt you're wearing or whatever it it does you know it it kind of simplifies it in a way doesn't it and I think like you mentioned earlier is that even playing field where it doesn't matter because everybody's wearing the same blazer and the same tie and whatever else so yeah yeah how did you go about sort of negotiating friendships that you'd left behind um you know because this was how many years ago did you move? How many? Years? Well, um, about sixteen now. It's so, a like, long time ago. I bet was probably MSN was about then, or was it was it before then? Like, did you? Was it still snail yes. mail that you had to? <laughs> no, we had. So basically, uh, we had a, a Polish alternative to MSN. Basically, it was just a messenger that we yeah. used. Um, it's still it's still running actually, but um. So yeah, so that I would use that quite a bit, yeah, because Skype wasn't a thing at the time, or maybe maybe it was, but I never used it really. So I would always rely on Messenger and stuff to to chat to my friends. But friendships kind of dwindled very quickly uh, because we weren't seeing each other each day anymore. Yeah. And at that time, I think that's kind of depending on the friendship that can be crucial, to, you know, because you've got stuff to talk about that's happened at school that day, and you know, and I think. Yeah. Yeah, so so they they dried up quite quickly, um, and don't really speak to anyone uh, from my primary school anymore, which is quite sad in a way. But also, it's just how it goes, and people move on, and and that's kind of that's life, I guess. Yeah, and I don't really, to be honest. And I <laughs> I went to primary school in this country, but not 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 near to where I live now. But I think when friendships at that age aren't you're not um you don't have as many experiences with your friends I think maybe mm. that plays a part um the more experiences that you have together and have to get through things or you know I think that probably means that you have a stronger relationship I don't know maybe that plays a part yeah yeah also I think as you grow and through throughout those adolescent years you develop your personality much more so then it's it's through those years where those those kind of friendships really are you know form and may last longer um because I guess you get an idea of what kind of person you're gonna be does yeah 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 I think yeah Yeah. Mm. so yeah so I think um, it's those later um, friendships for me that, you know, were a little bit more meaningful in that way, I guess. Mm. And I said, I've said it a few times already, but I, you come, you don't have any signs. That sounds awful of being like that you're not from England. That sounds like a horrible thing to say, but I think you know what I'm trying to say. Like you don't have an accent. Nobody would know. Do you think that people's, um perception of you changes when they know about um your heritage do do you think people treat you differently obviously there is um 
a lot of racism still about in in the world um and not necessarily just because of the color of your skin from the country that you're from is this and something that you've ever experienced so it's kind of hard to say i haven't really had any really bad experiences i don't think necessarily um the odd comment here or there but i think now that you know i speak the way i do i don't think people necessarily pick up straight away that i might not be from around here kind of thing yeah um so i think for me it's more about my own perception of how people react yeah if that makes sense so i'm a lot more aware of whether people or at least i'm i'm thinking about what they might be thinking when i've tell them and I don't think necessarily people think that much about it really no um but I think I think my own perception of it is is that I'm kind of trying to you know judge whether they think of me differently and and it's very it's a very difficult and muddled thing because you you can't ever know um really someone's thinking (laughs) obviously um so yeah, so it's a bit of a diff, a bit, a bit of a difficult one to answer, really. Um, I generally would say no. I, yeah. I, I've been lucky enough that yeah, I've I've um, you know, had the argument people are, oh yes, or the Polish come here to steal our jobs kind of thing, and it it has happened before, but it's it's just it is what it is. You yeah. sometimes come across people who you know that's their view and and oh. They were allowed to have it, I guess. Yeah, exactly. Just leave them, leave them to it. Um. So you're talking about your perception of yourself now. Obviously, you are predominantly a photographer, um, and so you are looking at images of people, um, all day long. Are you quite conscious of the way that you portray yourself? question um I think I used to be a lot more I think I have grown to be a lot more comfortable in my own skin um having said that though I I still have my own little hang-ups and um body image as a whole has been an issue for me throughout the years and particularly throughout those adolescent years um I remember, I think we talked about this before, actually. Um, I remember, like, not eating for two days straight when I was, like, maybe 12 because I felt like I needed to lose weight, which is just an outrageous thing to do. And I understand that now. But at the time, and I think, again, I mentioned this to you before, but Ireland's got a massive diet culture and it's it's all I've ever seen around... Um, when I was growing up so my mum was always on a diet her my auntie was always on a diet their friends were on diets and, and that's kind of what we started talking about as teenagers as young women growing up um which is which is incredibly incredibly sad actually um so so yeah so I think I'm not so bothered anymore uh but I think I would have been I would have been as a younger kid yeah definitely obviously working with images a lot what is your view on photoshopping and editing of people so um I don't do any editing 
as such apart from you know if someone has a spot on their face that normally wouldn't be there that I'm I you know I will get rid of it but I don't do anything uh, in terms of slimming people down or anything like that and I have it's quite common for particularly bridesmaids to joke about and say oh can you edit that out while you're photoshoppers um but yeah as as someone who struggled with body image and kind of I'm so much in the thick of trying to work through it in a, in a sense because it's it's an ongoing thing I think particularly with the you know just media um yeah. everywhere um yeah I'm quite against it when it comes to kind of my own values um I don't agree with it and heavily retouched images on models and stuff don't portray the real people and I just think it's a kind of a vicious uh, cycle that we're in um, because, you know, magazines and uh, any type of media where models are involved, for example, or, you know, big uh, fashion campaigns, they always look flawless. And that is just not human. Like, that's not real life. And so it feeds that cycle of thinking, well, if one day I'll look like that, I'll feel better. Yeah, I, um, I totally agree. Yeah, I think it's a really damaging uh, concept. So as a rule, I don't do any editing of that kind. Of course, I will try my best to get the good angles and stuff like that, or perhaps, you know, direct people in a certain way. But I, I don't go overboard with that because that's... Because you are fine as you are, you know? And I truly believe that. And I think, yes, we are our own worst critics. So, you know, I, I fully appreciate that sometimes we might feel bad about certain aspects of our own body um but yeah I never really I don't ever consider that when I'm editing the photos afterwards and stuff if that makes sense because I feel like I see the smile on someone's face and I think oh they were so happy in that moment and they look great and I don't ever look at oh look at a double chin or you know yeah that doesn't ever come into it really I saw, um, I think it was a makeup artist actually on Instagram say the other day that when they are retouching photos, the only things that they change are things that could be gone within two weeks. So a spot or, well, basically a blemish because, you know, the texture of your skin is always going to stay the same. You know, the you can't lose weight in two weeks. Do you know what I mean? So anything that couldn't disappear in that time... Um, they don't get rid of which I think is a really nice way of thinking about it you know because people might be scared of saying oh I'm not going to do any retouching especially on sort of high fashion images things like that Um, but I do think it is it is really damaging and I see it as well in my job where people are presenting photos of makeup looks that they want you know on their face and you have to sort of tell people something that's not real you know, you're never going to be able to look like that, no matter how much makeup I put on your face, because that's been done on a computer. Yeah, yeah, because so. you can't Photoshop your own face in real life. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. it's so much more important to have um, have a face, well, I say have a face that looks good in real life, but it's true, because, you know, we're going to, we look at each other in person, and it doesn't matter... It doesn't matter, you know, if you've got things that you're not necessarily happy about because you're not you're not going to always look. We well, can never look like an image that's been totally photoshopped. 
Um, no, and neither should you. Neither should you want to, in the sense that I think both of our jobs are quite crucial in making people feel good, just as they are. And I think that's a huge thing for, yeah, for anyone to just kind of, yeah, come to accept the way you look and really love the way you look because, yeah, it's it's we, without sounding so cliche and whatever, but you know we only have that one life and. Why spend it hating on yourself, basically? Which is what I was doing when I was a teenager. That's exactly what I was doing. Yeah. I was hating the way I looked because of X, Y, and Z. And looking back at photos now, I was absolutely fine, obviously. Yeah, and it's <laughs> so sad that yeah. you spent that time doing that. Um, you said that yeah, you... Yeah, it affects us... Sorry. No, sorry, on. carry on. <laughs> yeah, because it affected my... Um, yeah, the way I viewed myself affected and the things that I would wear. Um, and it, and it, yeah, it had actually a huge uh, impact on how I was as a person. So, yeah. You said then that you um, obviously look back at photos and, and think, actually, I looked fine. Is is um, documenting your own life something that is really important to you? Obviously, you're a photographer, so um, I imagine that you have a camera a lot of the time or maybe you don't um because I I think it's really interesting I've been doing it recently looking back I think we had a chat about this actually looking back at old photos and just really um sort of putting yourself in that place and remembering that even though you may not have been happy at that well you look back at yourself and sort of like oh I'd done my makeup wrong or whatever or I wasn't wearing clothes that I would wear now but just appreciating that in that moment that you were happy if that makes sense Mm -hmm. is is sort of documenting different stages of your life something that you do a lot of yes and no (laughs) um so I don't actually take as many photos as I would like to but because my job you know is heavily camera um yeah so I mean I use my camera all the time at weddings and stuff obviously it's the full long days so I don't actually use it all that much throughout the week when I'm not um at work so it's a I think when I was starting out I definitely used it a lot more and I I have quite a few photos of my son and stuff when he was a lot younger now it's kind of it's almost like I don't know I almost forget to and I, I, I tend to actually use my phone quite a lot as well um, because I don't want to lug the big camera around, but I am a huge believer in, in using the camera that you've got uh, to capture special moments and stuff. But I do think that, yeah, it's it's really important to just kind of um, record and capture the the kind of nice little moments of life that we'll look back on and years to come and think, oh, this was this is cool. It's it's a nice memory to have, you know? Yeah. I think it's hard as well because we're always there's that culture at the moment with like Snapchat filters and to you know um, make your face everyone's everyone's Facebook profile picture has got some funny Snapchat filter on Um, and that doesn't necessarily look like you and it's nice to capture things that are more in the moment and true to the emotions that you were feeling at that time in fact today you put a picture of me up on Instagram from one of the meetups and I mean I smile like um 
Wallace from Wallace and Gromit. Like my teeth <laughs> just came <laughs> huge. But I look so happy in that picture. Like it's great. I love it just because I look so happy. Um, even if I do I look a little bit like Wallace. <laughs> you don't look like Wallace, but I think it's a lovely, lovely moment. And that's that's the thing about it, isn't it? Is that yes, we can all, you know, pick out little faults or the things that we notice. But actually, what does it matter when our kids grow up um, and they're looking back at some photos of, of their parents? They are going to be so happy that they have them. Yeah. You know, to, to have been able to because they, they won't necessarily remember what we were like when you know, now, 10 years, 15 years on. Um, so to, to be able to see what their parents were like um, at a younger age as well, like what a what an awesome thing yeah it's great you're nearly gonna make me cry then I got all emotional <sighs> for a second but it's so true and I always I'm always saying to um Rob my husband I'm like we take a photo of me and Alba because I feel like I'm always the one taking them and he'll never know what I look like because there are never ones of us together um yeah, yeah. but yeah yeah that happens to me quite often obviously yeah. uh, I'm usually if I if I do take the camera out and we're on holiday or just out and about um, I'm usually taking the photos so I'm trying to be better at just handing it over to being in, in a few even if I don't feel like I look my best on that day because who cares at the end of the day you know nobody's gonna be analyzing stuff it'll just be like oh cool you were there together in, in that time yeah yeah, no, it's it's really important. Um, so I've got two last questions to ask you. Um, and the first is, what are three things informing your identity at this moment in time? Oh, I should have prepared for this one. Three <laughs> things. <laughs> it's not a trick question. <laughs> no, I have to say I've had quite weird... Um, relationship with my identity I think I'm referring mostly to like fashion stuff yeah so I've really struggled over the years to find my own style and I'd always end up kind of copying what everybody else was doing or somebody else that I thought oh they look cool and end up wearing or trying to dress like they were dressing and never really embracing um you know what I wanted to look like um what hmm I would say the more kind of minimalistic kind of fashion, I think that definitely informs my identity in a way, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, totally. Um, yeah. And I think more than anything, it's just, this might sound a bit cheesy, but like my values as a person. That's not cheesy. Um, it's a little bit. No. <laughs> but yeah, it's so, so my yeah, I would say so. So my values as a person, I think, um, yeah, and the type of wife and mother I am as well, I would say. Yeah. Yeah, but it's, it's, I think it's a, it's a difficult question to answer because it, it does change over time as of well, doesn't it? Of course it does, yeah. It changes all the time. I mean, it's not something that is static and even the two things you said being a mother and being a wife like 10 years ago they wouldn't have been part of your identity because mm -hmm. you weren't a 
mother or a wife. So yeah, it's it's always changing. And I think that's what's so lovely about it is that you can be one person at one point in time. And then I suppose you're always deep down you, but yeah, it it is it is nice to see how things change, I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. And I the one thing I would also say is that I found myself really kind of growing as a person this year and learning more about myself and again a little bit woo and a little bit, you know, but yeah, and I think so that that in itself forms my identity to really get to the core of what I am like as a person and what, you know, feels good, what does feel good and all of that kind of stuff. So yeah, so going a little bit deeper into um yeah, who I am as a person, I guess. But that sounds so so terribly cheesy. It but. doesn't. It's important. It's important to know yourself because how are you meant to like navigate life at the end of the day if you don't know what is important to you that's yeah no as well, but yeah <laughs> no no it, it's true yeah it's true so yeah that's kind of where I've been I've been focusing on uh, quite a bit recently as well and my last question is what does the word beautiful mean to you which again is a bit of a cheesy one but <laughs> Um, we like these, it's okay. Um, <laughs> no, I'm joking. Um, beautiful. I think for me, it's embracing who you are as a person. It's embracing how you look um, and really coming to this place where you feel good, you know, and you, you're not um, picking faults with everything and you are happy in your own skin. And I think that radiates that beauty and um that that for me is beautiful i like that that was a good answer <laughs> you pass <laughs> well thank you so much for talking to me and letting me be a little bit nosy <laughs> yeah no anytime thank you Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed this month's episode. You can find Anna at AnnaDunleavy.com where you can find the link to her podcast, The Fearless Hustle Collective, which I highly recommend if you are a female entrepreneur. If you love the podcast, it would mean the world to me if you could leave it a review or share it with others who may love it too. I shall see you next month. Have a good one.